Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Don't you feel like you've got to kind of pinch yourself when it comes to this weather? I know it's going to end, but for right now, I'm going to enjoy it. Welcome in, everybody. It's a Monday morning, and I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee, helping you glide into it. Actually, this weather is going to stay very, very mild, even this week. Maybe today as warm as we'll see, but still, overall, pretty mild. We'll see sunshine again today. We'll top out around 63 tonight, down to 46. Tomorrow, clouds start rolling in. 55 are expected high. Wednesday, a chance of an afternoon shower. 55 are daily high. And Thursday, more rain in the forecast, at least through the morning hours. 54 are expected high. But the good news is uh, these temperatures that are in the mid-50s going to stick around until at least the end of the week. But then, yes, changes on the horizon. We'll be talking about that with our man Stumach, Gag Meteorologist, joining us in about 15 minutes. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. I don't know if the aroma around your local gas station is going to change anytime soon when you take your car or pick up in to get fuel, but it might. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest bar, and we talk about gas and all and ethanol, but Stephanie, there may be some other things that help fuel our vehicles in the future. What are you talking about? It sounds a bit futuristic, Bob, but believe it or not, what comes out of the back end of a cow could fuel your vehicle. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And just next door to us in Middleton, Entech Solutions and Northern Biogas have formed a joint venture to turn manure into renewable natural gas. With manure digesters, they are able to take manure from surrounding dairy farms and capture methane gas. And construction is underway to be able to turn that methane gas into renewable natural gas. It will go into a nearby natural gas pipeline and actually sent out west to meet demand for renewable natural gas in transportation fleets. Renewable natural gas is a very clean fuel to burn in automobiles. And there's a lot of states in the west coast that are really focusing on reducing the amount of carbon emissions. And renewable natural gas, as we like to call it, RNG, seems to be a really good play for that going forward. Entech Solutions President Scott Romanesco is joining us. Scott, I was told after all the science happens, one cow produces the equivalent of half a gallon of gas per day. That sounds about right, but don't hold me to it. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of statistics that we throw around on a regular basis. But yes, it definitely can displace quite a bit of the, the, the petroleum-based fuel that we use today. So you said there's a lot of demand for this, particularly in the West Coast. Um, after you're done making the product here, how does it get to where it needs to go? We actually inject it into the natural gas pipeline that runs across the nation. And the way the model works is it actually displaces some of the natural gas that is made from the petroleum industry. So by displacing that gas, 
um, we actually are we actually are utilizing that gas in the transportation industry. Now, you guys also used to do food waste, but I understand that's not happening anymore. Collecting food waste and turning that into, or putting that into the digester. Correct. When the uh, when the digester was running when we bought it, they were generating electricity, and there were not enough farms that, that in the area that were bringing manure to the facility, so they needed other organics in order to generate the amount of methane required to keep the natural gas uh, um, generators running. Now, with this new model, we have we have more farms engaged, and uh, they see the the importance of sustainability. And they see the value that they can get from the manure when it's done running through the digester. So we're converting it just to manure, strictly dairy manure digesters. Let's talk a little bit about how the manure gets turned into natural gas. You guys collect it right from the dairy farms, and you only use dairy cow manure, right? That is correct. Dairy, dairy cow manure is the only manure that we use in this particular facility. And the reason is dairy cow manure is, is probably the best manure out there for making renewable natural gas. Um, the manure comes in in two different forms. Uh, one is it gets piped from the from the farm to the north of us, and the other farms they actually truck it in in semi trucks. Um, it then goes into the digester, and it spends about 20 days in the digester, where the anaerobic bacteria break down the vol- volatile organic compounds and create methane gas. That methane gas then is going to go into a gas cleaning system in, a, in an adjacent building. And we're going to clean that gas up to the quality of natural gas pipeline and then inject it into the natural gas pipeline over in Dane County, uh, where the landfill is, just southeast of Madison. And you have three farms working directly with you guys right now. You're adding on a fourth and potentially a fifth. That is correct. We're also in the process of trying to get some other farmers. Um, We're taking a look at their farm, uh, how they handle their manure. Um, You know, our long-term goal is to build one more digester here, so we have four one million dollar one million gallon digesters and we need a certain number of cows to do that so we're we're talking with some existing farmers that aren't the manure is not being used in the digesters yeah and so right now your guys's capacity is three or you guys have three thousand cows that are contributing to the digesters now correct i think it's a little more than that some somewhere between three thousand and four thousand depending on the time of year yeah so what i really think is cool about manure digesters is their byproducts because you can create something that well smells pretty sweet uh, and can be used as bedding or uh, compost or fertilizer and then you can also you also have liquid manure that comes out of that that is pretty much odorless correct that is one of the nice side benefits of extracting that methane gas from the digesters is when it comes out it does not smell like manure anymore it's very um, very benign with regards to smell and, you know, the farmers like it for the fertilizer. You know, the local communities like it because when it comes time of year when the, when the farms need to spread, re-spread the manure on the, on the farm fields for the nutrients of the crops, um, they're doing that without any odor. So it, it really helps everybody. And here at the facility uh, in Middleton or outside of Middleton, you're also working with Aqua Innovations to turn some of that liquid manure into water to be put back into streams safely and take the phosphorus out of the watershed. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, correct. So so early on when this first project was done by Gunderson Lutheran, 
Um, they pulled in Aqua Innovations, and the whole goal that Dane County had at the time was to take phosphorus out of the Yahara watershed. Um, phosphorus, when it's added to the river waters and the lake waters, can really help to grow, like, like, like a lot of fertilizer, can help grow nutrients in the lakes. And if you've ever seen the green slime on a lot of the Wisconsin lakes around here, a lot of that is caused by runoff, phosphorus runoff. So what Aqua Innovations does is they take a stream of water out of the digestate after it comes out of the digester, and they, they, they filter it to the point where it's almost drinking quality water. And then that water goes back into the, into the creeks in the Yahara watershed. And the concentrate then, they take the farms outside of the watershed and they use it as good fertilizer. And they, it's broken down into two different water streams. Um, some has phosphorus in, in it and some has nitrogen in it. And the farmers then use that to replenish their, their nutrients in the ground. Yeah, let's talk about the farmers now. Um, what are they getting out of being part of this manure digester program? Well, they, they get somebody to help them with their manure management, right? Um, they, they, they get um, the manure that comes back out of the digester. Actually does a little bit better job with the nutrients um, getting into the ground. Um, you know, in, in, in some cases, too, um, you, know, you can actually take some of this dry manure, um, as you saw as it came off, off of the screw press. In some areas, they actually create cow bedding with it. We'll, they'll dry it up and the, the, the farmers will use that to bed the cows on it. And it's actually very healthy for the cows and makes the cows happy. A healthy, happy cow is a very good producing cow, both in the form of milk as well as in the form of, of manure. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. To cap things off here, Scott, you guys do still make electricity with your solar panels, um, and your end goal is to make enough electricity that you're running this whole place on your own with renewable energy. That's exactly right, Stephanie. You know, what our long-term goal is to really, really use renewable electricity to power the entire facility. Um, and as electric vehicles come online and, and they become more cost-effective and, and proven, um, we're actually looking at having electric trucks transport the gas from here to the injection point at Dane County Landfill and maybe even someday in some of the trucks that, that handle the manure. Um, that would be the ultimate goal, right? Then we're using all renewable energy to create a renewable fuel. I mean, we see a lot of momentum right now um, in the microgrid arena. We've got some really neat technology, not only the solar panels, but the way we control the electrons on the site. We've got some state-of-the-art software that has some, some artificial intelligence in it. And, um, and, and really looking forward to growing that part of the Entech business in the future. There's a school down the road. You have neighbors. You know, bike path is coming through here. Any concerns that people have about this place? Any element of maybe danger because it is going to be a natural gas site? I don't know. Does that come up? Uh, no, that's a really good question. You know, we went through a lot of conversations and meetings with Dane County and uh, in the town of Springfield around that. There's a lot of people, they right, they hear natural gas and they, they think that, well, I got a possibility of something exploding. But what most people don't know is there's natural gas pipelines running all over the ground, under the ground, underneath us, everywhere. And it really is quite safe. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of backup, um, backup systems to keep it safe. 
Um, so no, we're not we're not concerned about that at all. That's Entech Solutions President Scott Romanesco. Entech Solutions and Northern Biogas recently bought the Middleton Digester facility. It turns manure into electricity, which is sold to Madison Gas and Electric. But now additional updates are underway. The facility will produce renewable natural gas. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. At Wiffles Hybrids, we're known for doing one big thing. Superior corn hybrids. Really, really well. But the truth is, it's only because we don't lose sight of all the little things. Wiffles Hybrids. Lots of little things done right. Little things include a customer-first philosophy, more cigarettes per region for more personal contact, active and involved leadership, no hidden agendas, unmatched quality assurance, popcorn deliveries to your combine, taking jobs personally, no confusing rebate programs, and a few post-harvest dinners. For a complete list of all the little things that makes Wiffles Hybrids different, please visit Wiffles.com. As a proud supporter of the pork industry, Compure Financial sends a special thank you to producers during National Pork Month. Compure recognizes the dedication it takes to produce safe and nutritious pork products for our nation and world and is grateful to all the hardworking farmers and their families. Give your local Compure team a call at 844 844- 426-6733 or visit Compeer.com for your lending and other financial needs. Compeer Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Looking for that unique one-of-a-kind engagement ring? Something that you can customize yourself? Maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, Stuff you won't find anywhere else. And price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we're having a little bit of a challenge trying to get a hold of our man, Stu Mockag, meteorologist, trying to catch up with him this morning. But boy, I'll tell you what, uh, the good news is that there's not a lot of complaining that anybody's been doing as far as the weather is concerned. So far, so good. In fact, a little bit uh, warmer than we might have expected over the weekend. It's time for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update, and Stu Muck's along with us. So let's uh, let's hear about it. I mean, I, I keep saying it all morning long. You kind of got to pinch yourself when you stop and uh, look at these temperatures outside this morning. Well, yeah, we're way above normal. We've had a really fantastic weekend. Now, maybe a little windy if you're working outside, but nonetheless, it was very fine, well above normal temperatures. We are staying there on this Monday, but things are beginning to change, and there is a cool front that's going to drop southeast through Wisconsin today. In fact, we look off to the northwest, Eau Claire, some clouds, a little haziness, some fog, even seems a little misty right there. That cool front's going to drop east and southeast through the state today. It will mean a few more clouds, especially at La Crosse, even Boston. I think the rest of us put up with just a little sunshine and not a bad Monday. 
But at the same time, temperatures will still be well above normal. Upper 40s and low 50s, those are our normal highs. We'll be in the 60s yet today and still in the 50s, even on toward Tuesday and Wednesday. So very mild air masses in store. The little front passing through today really isn't going to cause much of a situation, except that winds become west and then even north behind the frontal boundary. That wind shift will happen from northwest to southeast over the course of the day. And that will cool us off a little bit for Tuesday and Wednesday. It's by Wednesday the next system moves in. Below, I expect we're going to see uh, buffeting the Pacific Northwest. Those folks are going to have some rain as they are already this morning, especially up in Washington State and Oregon. Rain, some snow in the mountains. They're talking about what could become some heavy rain in far northern California as well. That low will push east, and as it breaks over the Rockies and heads our way, will lead to more cloud cover and a precipitation possibility. A very slight chance there could be some sprinkles in western Wisconsin late Tuesday. I think more likely it's late Wednesday into Wednesday night and on toward Thursday. Then the showers develop around here. Snowflakes in the northwest, not out of the question. In fact, as that system itself moves through on Thursday and into Thursday night, Almost any of us may see a stray snowflake or two here late in the week. That'll be just a stray snowflake. We're not going to accumulate or or start winter, but there will be some rain, and I'd say rain amounts that uh, even on through Wednesday night and Thursday could push up into the half or one-inch range, so a little more wet as we head toward the end of the week as those temperatures cool down and it starts to feel again a lot more like November when we look to the end of the week and the weekend. Daytime highs may even hold in the upper 30s on Saturday or at least around 40 that's cooler than normal by that time i'll have our forecast details right after this badgerbean.com puts the wisconsin soybean farmer first and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts simple easy to access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in wisconsin badgerbean.com an invaluable tool constantly updated for wisconsin soybean farmers For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit badgerbean.com today. Aloha! Pam Yonke inviting you to join me on an agriculture tour of all four of the Hawaiian Islands, March 21st through April 2nd. We'll enjoy tropical scenery, learn about Hawaii's unique agriculture, touring a pineapple plantation, learning about salt harvesting and more. Visit holidayvacations.com or better yet call them 888 557 1020 for a free brochure. That number again, 888-557-1020. Boy, it feels like Hawaii out there this morning, Stu, including, you know, almost some stickiness. Yeah, there's that. There's There's been with that south breeze uh, even from late Saturday through yesterday. We've built up some humidity, and that's why we have that little mistiness kind of fog up around Eau Claire this morning. But our computer financial ag weather update does include that activity, some morning clouds in the northwest. But a lot of us will clear it out. Expect more sunshine today and not bad at all in the lower mid. 60s, talking about anywhere from 62 to 64 for a high today. And the southwest winds will become north through the day, first this morning in the northwest, late today in the southeast, only to be around 5 to 15. Overnight, 
We all become mostly cloudy. The elite front drops through and away from the area. Some mid-40s for nighttime lows. North winds at 5. Partly sunny on Tuesday. Still a fine day. Mid-50s. Northeast winds will be around 5 to 10. But there's that chance for a few scattered showers to develop Wednesday. Most likely toward midday or afternoon. Partly sunny Wednesday. Still in the mid-50s. That's still above normal. Southeast winds at 5 to 15. Then more likely some showers overnight Wednesday on into the day Thursday. Lower 50s for highs on Thursday. Normal or a bit above. And then unfortunately, Pam, by Friday, we're back in the low 40s. That's below normal. And like I said, could be even just an upper 30 or about 40 on Saturday. Even with sunshine, that's going to feel cool again after what we've enjoyed right now. Absolutely. I agree. Well, we knew it was coming. Appreciate it, Stu. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, having some technical issues this morning, that's for sure. But I'll tell you what, I have no issue at all telling you that temperatures outside this morning, way above average. That is your Compere Financial Ag Weather Update. Compere Financial, your financial partner, committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compere.com. The Wisconsin beekeepers got together in Wisconsin Rapids. We've got details. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1965. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exist to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter, and at MidwestFarmReport.com. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. Freedom from fees means more to spend on what matters most. Our fee-free e-checking lets you easily manage your money. Our online and mobile banking with bill pay and person-to-person payments are all free. Freedom is found in the money you keep. Learn more at SettlersWI.com slash OpenMyAccount. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Opportunity Lender. You know it's coming. Let's make sure you're prepared. Winter in Wisconsin. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee reminding you about all the services that are there under one roof at McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in Sauk City, McFarland's.net online. Don't forget, time for that snowblower service to make sure it's ready to go. They can handle it. Maybe a set of new tires for the ride that you depend on in the winter. Focused on their community and your safety. That's McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. McFarland's.net online. Attorney John Rihala. Car crashes happen in an instant. A distracted driver crosses the center line into your lane. Or road construction makes everyone stop, except for the truck in your rearview mirror. Life changes in that moment, and now the world feels very different. We can help you. At Clifford and Rihala, our experienced attorneys know that someone badly injured in a crash can feel confused and even overwhelmed by everything that follows. Doctor's appointments, bills, missed work, and maybe an insurance company calling and pressuring you to settle right now before you even know what your injuries are. Call us. Clifford and Rihala is ready to help you, and we won't stop fighting until we reach your maximum recovery. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. 
for justice. MyJustice.com. Educated mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. Interest rates are always fluctuating, but the signs are currently pointing to them going up. We've had low interest rates for such a long time. Let's make sure that you get in on it before it's gone. Call today and I'll show you how much you can save. Educated mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. NMLS number 222-652. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does... Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. You kind of just um, made me think of something when you said Aaron Rodgers has been different lately. He's been chummy, chummy with Jordan Love. They're buddies. They're hanging out. He's helping them, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think if you talk to a lot of the backups, like the Matt Flynn's of the world, the Scott Tolzien's of the world, like some of those guys that have backed up Aaron Rodgers over the years, I think even Kurt Benkert, who's now been there, I think all of them say that they like Aaron Rodgers and that he's a good teammate and a, and a good guy. Yeah. But if you go back to when Brett Favre was the starting quarterback, obviously for the Packers in the 90s and the early to mid-2000s, remember he used to have the Hasselbecks of the world. He used to have the uh, Petersons of the world where Brunel, like they were his backups. They all liked Brett Favre as well and said he was a good teammate. The only time it seems like Brett Favre got upset is when he knew Aaron Rodgers could play and he was coming to the end of his career. Yeah. You just reminded me of something, Rowdy. Look at us just bouncing ideas off each other. Do you remember that story of all the backup quarterbacks? Were, uh, there was this big story that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, God, I want to say it was two years ago where former teammates were talking about Rodgers and they were talking to Seneca Wallace. They were talking uh, to a Matt Flynn. They were talking to, 
you know, insert backup quarterback here. Do you remember the story that came out? They're trying to get in the mind of Aaron Rodgers, and Seneca Wallace made a very off the cuff. You might remember this now. I'm trying to refine the article here. I found a little tidbit of it, and this could get in the mind. Aaron Rodgers always thinking, always seemingly a contrarian at some things. I'm going to do this here. There's an ESPN feature with a lot of these backup quarterbacks, and this could go into what you know, why some people are so mad at Aaron Rodgers. Seneca Wallace said, and I quote, in this feature about Rodgers, he's always into, like, crazy conspiracies, Wallace said, Seneca Wallace. He would be like, quote, what do you think all that stuff is flying behind that jet stream? Do you think it has anything to do with maybe why everyone's getting cancer? That would be called chemtrails. Do you remember this now? Do you remember the story at all? I don't remember this at all. There's a video of it, of Seneca Wall saying this. And then other, like, and then Matt Flynn was talking about how smart he is, about how he could beat people in jeopardy, and they always would do trivia. Aaron Rodgers, stay woke, brother. Interesting. I'll, uh, I'll forward it to you. I'll forward it to you, Rowdy. I just, I just thought it was interesting. But but to, where it started here is all these backup quarterbacks always say how much they love Aaron Rodgers. How much they and same thing with Brett Favre yeah. until the Green Bay Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, and it was a few years down the road, and obviously Aaron Rodgers was showing flashes when he had played. That's when, because Brett Favre still knew that he could play. He still had some good years left in him. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he was frustrated because he knew his days were numbered. Aaron Rodgers, he was a little pissed because, hey, they drafted a quarterback in the first round. Kid's got a lot of talent. You watch him play. He's got a big arm. He's athletic. He's got potential. Here it is. But now he's kind of at peace with it, and maybe he kind of sees that, yeah, Jordan Love might turn out to be decent, but maybe he knows he's just not as good as, as Aaron Rodgers is where Brett Favre was probably starting to feel, mm, yeah. this Aaron Rodgers guy, he's starting to get close to me. All right, you know what it. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I found the article. It's from 2020, October 21st, 2020, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, karaoke, this is the title, Karaoke Trivia and Frat Parties, Tales of Aaron Rodgers' Inner Weirdness. And it goes on, Matt Flynn talks about it, uh, Seneca Wallace talks about it, about how much they like this guy. Seneca Wallace, here's another quote, but he... he go, he he. he <laughs> He walks to the beat of his own drum, Seneca Wallace says. But we all love him. He's great. There's even Brett Hundley in here talking about how much they love Aaron Rodgers. All these guys talking about how much they love Rodgers. I don't think it's any different. I think him and Jordan Love seem to be getting along. Rodgers has been very adamant this whole time that it wasn't Love that he was mad about. It was you know the shock that they were drafting his uh, you know his replacement. And then they've I've seen pictures of it on social media. Them being all buddy buddy. Uh, Jordan Love has talked about it, saying that they're close friends and they talk in the off season. Oh, that that could also be the same thing with the Brett Favre relationship. As in, you know, Brett Favre has now since said, "Hey, you know, I didn't hate Aaron. I hated the situation we're in, and I took it out on him." Mm-hmm. Remember what Aaron Rodgers said: "I will never ever do what Brett Favre did to me to a younger player coming up in the league." Yeah. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Incredibly mild weather on the way for the eighth day of November. We'll see sunshine today. 63 are expected high. A little cooler tomorrow with clouds. 55. Wednesday, we've got a chance of rain in the forecast, 55. And Thursday, rain in the morning at least, a high around 54. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. So today, the eighth day of November. On this day, back in 1883, the third state capital for Wisconsin collapses. Yeah, it was an addition to the second capital, but it collapsed. Killed several construction workers, as a matter of fact. Construction on additions to the House and the Senate wings began in 1882. But this third capital collapsed on this day, killing some folks, 1883. On this day in 1972, Home Box Office was launched. Premium TV channel, now we call it HBO. It's the oldest paid TV channel in the United States. HBO launched on this day in 1972. And can you believe it? It has been a year since uh, Jeopardy host Alex Trebek passed away. And now you know. Well, they had a wonderful turnout for the 2021 Wisconsin Honey Producers Annual Conference in Wisconsin Rapids Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I spent most of the day Friday with those honey producers, talking about the industry, the weather, and some of the challenges they're facing when it comes to marketing their product. One gal that can speak to it all, Jennifer Hinkle. Jennifer is a past Wisconsin honey queen who is now serving as the 2021 American Honey Queen. Now, part of her reign was done primarily virtually, but now she's back to -to face-to-face experiences with honey producers, consumers, and kids in the classroom. Really, what started it all was my spark for bees, and I got interested and involved in bees about 10 years ago through a mentor that was actually um, a teacher at my middle school. So she's what started my interest, and then it just only grew from there. And I work together with her as my mentor now to help take care of and keep bees on our farm. I've got a pumpkin farm and Christmas tree farm. So pumpkins are just one of the 90 different types of crops that are actually pollinated by honeybees. So that's what started my interest. Um, But then I was fortunate to be the Wisconsin Honey Queen last year, representing our industry, doing educational outreach. And now this year, I have the honor of representing the American Beekeeping Federation as their national spokesperson, traveling all over the country and representing our 200,000 plus beekeepers that we have here all across the United States. You know, the theme has been that there's more awareness by today's consumer about bees and about those valuable beekeepers in their community and the products that they kind of share. What has it been like uh, to travel the nation catch those stories, see that new interest. That is exactly what it is, especially coming out of a year where people were doing a lot more cooking at home. Mm -hmm. There's a bigger appreciation of understanding understanding where your food comes from, not only just your fruits and vegetables, but also your sweeteners like delicious honey and the importance and the values of purchasing local, knowing where your food comes from, being able to connect with the person that's producing it. And that's a big thing. A lot of our beekeepers love to share what they've been involved with, how they take care of their bees, what their bees are foraging on. So it's a great opportunity for people to connect with a local beekeeper in their area, 
know where their food comes from. And if you can't purchase local honey, at least supporting the beekeeping industry and purchasing honey and really flipping that bottle over and at least seeing that it says produced in the United States. Right. That's a big issue I know on the national scene for sure. Let's talk a little bit about your face-to-face experiences. Now as I'm visiting with Jennifer here in Wisconsin Rapids, I have to wedge in my time with all the school kids that are now demanding your attention. Tell me how that's been pivoting (laughs) Yes, now that especially this week, I have been all over the Wisconsin Rapids area, and I've been talking in in person with a lot of our local schools. About 1,600 kids have been able to learn all about our state insect here, which is the honeybee, of course. They are amazing honeybees. So I've been able to travel all over, talk with them about our amazing bees, and then encouraging them to stop out to our honey producers meeting and the Kids and Bees Expo that we have on Saturday, November 6th from one to three and it's going to be an awesome event too that we're encouraging the kids to come out to see the live observation hive do some fun crafts roll their own candle or even try one of the 300 delicious flavors of honey that we have available in the united states what kinds of questions do they ask you i mean it's always funny to to be with kids because they're not shy about what crosses their mind that's right so there's lots of different things that especially when we're talking about bees that they get sparked on but i like to talk about and what they sometimes are curious about is how they can utilize honey. So I encourage them to broaden their horizons on how they can utilize honey, whether it's using it just as a medicinal purpose, Mm -hmm. whether it's on a cut or scrape to help improve the healing, or whether it's to even use it in cooking or for its moisturizing properties as a hair or face mask too. So there's the possibilities are endless if you think about it with honey and even the other products of the hive. Very eloquent. That's Jennifer Hinkle, the American Honey Queen from Franklin, Wisconsin. She'll continue in that position until the early part of 2022. She, aside from working on her family's pumpkin and Christmas tree farm, also works at the Wisconsin State Fair. Want to send out some congratulations to award winners from the Wisconsin Honey Producers Annual Convention in Wisconsin Rapids. Their special recognition award this year went to Stephanie Slater, a beekeeper from Elkhorn. Their education award went to Charlie Conan from Milwaukee. The Youth Award to Jalen Pikowski from Red Granite. Pioneer Award to Tim and Lois Fulton, beekeepers from Kenosha. And the Beekeeper of the Year from Marshfield, Doug Hockey. We'll have more on the convention wrap-up on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Well, markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are holding firm. Right now, we've got December corn up just a half a cent at 5.53 and a half. November soybeans are up four cents at 11.96, with January beans unchanged at 12.05 and a half. The wheat for December is up a nickel at 7.71. July new crop wheat up four, currently at 7.77 and three quarters. Friday in Chicago, the barrel cheese dropped another penny and a half to a dollar fifty and a quarter. Forty-pound black cheese was down two at one fifty-eight and a half. Well, double A butter finished unchanged, one ninety-three and a half per pound. The December milk is down three right now, seventeen fifty-six a hundredweight. January milk currently unchanged at seventeen ninety-six a hundredweight. Up just in moments, we are going to talk about more from the Wisconsin Honey Producers Convention in Wisconsin Rapids with their president. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. 
Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Compere Financial wishes farmers and agribusiness a safe harvest season. Stay in touch with your local Compere team throughout the year to see how they can help make your plans a reality. Exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything they do. Visit Compere.com or call 844-426-6733 today. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, there was industry information to be shared and more importantly, face-to-face contact to reestablish. About 200 of our Wisconsin honey producers gathered together for their annual fall convention in Wisconsin Rapids Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Boy, I'll tell you what, it was wonderful to hear them sharing stories again and talking about the industry. I sat down to visit with the president of the Wisconsin Honey Producers. His name, John Lochterman. He's a honey producer, a beekeeper himself from Osseo, and he said this actually started as kind of a pastime with some college buddies. I originally started, I had a couple college buddies with around 20 hives, and then I was working and two co-workers took a bee class with the Dunn County uh, beekeeping group, and then they ended up getting some bees, and they were telling me about the process, and it sounded exciting, so I decided to take the class, um, and then from there I got five colonies and have grown the business since then in 2008 to uh, we ran just under 1400 colonies this summer right and you've got i'll call it a diversified operation john explain all the different facets of your bee business yeah so we um, package uh, most all of our honey and uh, distribute it direct to the grocery stores in the eau claire area um, we do sell off any bulk honey extra that we have uh, to other beekeepers that are out of out of honey um, and then we do also uh, pollinate uh, cranberries in the state, and then our bees uh, go out west to California, and we pollinate almonds. Why did you decide to kind of diversify? Was it uh, just wasn't enough honey to make a living, or was it that the luc- the business of pollinating cranberries and almonds was lucrative? Yeah, so in our particular area, the honey crops um, aren't 
very large. Okay. Um, in some of the other states, you hear about 200-pound um, honey crops. There's places in Wisconsin that will do a 100-pound crop. We don't do that large a crop. And originally, I recognized that, so that's why we uh-huh. started retailing mm-hmm. uh, to grocery stores. That gave us more margin. Yep. So we were, uh, even though that we weren't producing the same pounds, the revenue on the honey right. was close. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea behind the pollination was is that's guaranteed money. The honey crops are up and down oh, as far sure. as the pounds that we get. Right. So the uh, guaranteed revenue is uh, something that we work off our baseline on our budget. Yeah. And then the, the honey, we just kind of fill in the gaps yeah. after that. Absolutely. Tell me what the past couple of seasons have been like as far as honey production. I mean, Wisconsin's weather has been, here we sit in November and there's not snow on the ground yet. Yeah, and we have seen in our particular area, uh, our honey production was down. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of weird. It seemed like there was a band through the middle of the state yeah. uh, where we ran more bees but maybe got less honey Mm. but we did across the state talking to people at the convention there are some spots that really did well the last couple Mm. years and it just is maybe dependent on the soil types and the amount of moisture Mm. and when the moisture hit this past year right you know that's the other thing uh we had a cold snap that came through this spring I've got to believe that's not really what you guys in the honey industry want. No, it really put some things behind. We actually had a couple inches of snow there that third week Mm -hmm. in in May, and I think we froze some of the the tree buds and stuff. Yeah, so um, that early, we didn't make much early honey. All our honey came in after the 4th of July this year, so yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the pollination business then. Wisconsin cranberries make sense. Uh, What kind of demand are you seeing from that side of the industry? And then tell me how you got into California. Yeah, the the cranberry growers are very receptive to having Wisconsin bees pollinate in-state. One of the reasons they have a hard time getting Wisconsin bees is that's our main honey season typically as well. The cranberries are in bloom. Uh, What ends up happening then is there's a lot of bees that come from out-state in because where they're coming in from those other parts of the country, they don't have a honey crop being produced at that time. So they come up here for revenue. Mm. Um, But typically speaking, the quality of the bees in Wisconsin from Wisconsin beekeepers are better than the out-state bees. Mm -hmm. Um, How I got into doing the almond uh, pollination run uh, was we were... I would say struggling with the overwinter survival rate, um, with the variability that we see in our Mm -hmm. temperatures and stuff. Um, So the thought was is we could get them into a warmer climate and still make a a revenue stream out of it. Uh, And so far that's been working very well. What what other obstacles or what don't we know about trying to manage bees in California these days? Uh, <laughs> there's always some sort of obstacle. When we put them on the semi, um, we don't have 100% control of them after they mm-hmm. leave our hands. Uh, when they get into the, the almond groves, even a- at the end, there's flooding out there. Mm. There's weather conditions yeah. when they're set. Um, there were commercial beekeepers from Wisconsin that had hives dive la- last year. There was a 90-mile-an-hour wind that oh. came through. There was lids that were blown off, four inches of rain on top of the bees after that. Uh, so you run into those type of issues. On top of that, uh, when it's time to get the bees pulled out of the orchards out there, it is a mad rush because the almond growers want to spray. Oh. So you get an overlap sometimes of fungicides being applied while the bees aren't all the way out of the orchard. So tell me about how you have to manage for viability uh, and how, you know, I'm learning more about uh, the breeding side of things and trying to keep your hives prolific. How, how do you manage through that, John? 
Um, we work with a, a commercial uh, queen breeder out yeah. in California. That's where our genetics come from. Huh. Um, we requeen a vast majority of all our hives every year mm -hmm. um, to try to give them the the a fresh queen is is the best way to go uh, for us with them transporting them like we are. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like management related, we, we have to feed the bees. We have right. to monitor their mite loads. Yep. We have to, it, it's an intensive uh, management. We, we actually get through when the bees are through the summer, we're in them every two weeks. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I think there was a lot of interest from a lot of, I guess you guys call them sideliners or homesteaders during the pandemic. And I don't think people necessarily realize the intensity you have to have for managing them. Right. And it, uh, but pre-mites, um, I've heard stories of beekeepers. You'd put the bees out in the spring, put the honey supers on, come back three months later, take the honey off, everything was fine. That is not how they are managed today. Uh, the health of the bees just isn't there uh, to be able to do that. We, we really stay on top of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've had a livestock background. So for me, managing them as intensely as we do is kind of like, uh, farmers doing chores, having livestock and stuff. You you just you just put it in that same class, um, and it's been well. The, the management practices that we've implemented since then, it's a lot of labor, but we do see the good results. So John Logterman is along with us. He's the president of the Wisconsin Honey Producers uh, producer himself from Osseo. How is Wisconsin's honey industry doing as far as? beekeepers uh, support industries i think there's an awful lot of interest a lot of people that are probably asking more questions about you guys these days yeah the interest has uh been uh, I, I very high um throughout from like 2008 on up we've had an increase in uh people being interested in it there's a lot of bee sales that take place with uh, hobbyists and sideliners getting into bees yep. or expanding their operations. Um, that, that has been a big boom for the commercial beekeepers to supply those. Um, what we also have is we have equipment suppliers that mm. have expanded in the state oh. for uh, boxes and equipment related for beekeeping. Mm. Um, that business has expanded. Um, and then the other thing that, you know, trucking, trucking, getting the bees hauled around. Um, it, that's a right now that's a tough thing for us just like everybody else getting a truck on time to get the bees where they need to get to so but those are those are offshoots of what's going on during the pandemic did you have any supply chain related issues did, or was it like much of agriculture kind of life as usual bees don't know about covid nope the bees were fine the supply issues we're still having on our end for uh, honey packaging hmm. we are having trouble with glass uh, we did run into a little bit of trouble last year with plastic we haven't had uh, plastic containers we haven't mm -hmm. had any issues with that but we glass is in short supply hmm. yeah. Interesting. so we that's that has affected us now we're here in Wisconsin Rapids. It's got to feel good though to get back together with everybody. Oh, it's it was a long two years. We didn't have this convention last fall. We did Zoom meetings for our district meetings uh, in the spring. So really, it's getting it's like a family reunion almost. Everybody's a lot to talk about. We've actually part of the convention. We put a lot of networking time in right. because we know there's a lot of people that haven't got to see each other in a long time. And the organization really is based on networking and. 
the social aspect oh, yeah. of it and everybody getting together. So, yes. Definitely a lot of smiles. That is John Lochterman from Osseo, the president of the Wisconsin Honey Producers Association. Now, we've got more results from their banquet and more conversations with Wisconsin honey producers that we'll be bringing to you both online and on the air. For more details, go to MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. Tomorrow morning, we'll catch up with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor.